Welcome to Stouts with My Spouse. I'm Carrie. And I'm Patrick. And this is Stouts with My Spouse. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. This is the third time we have tried to record the podcast after some software difficulties. So we're here to do it again. I want to actually, we're just going to talk about the beer that we tried because it's worth talking about because we liked it a lot. And it's too bad we don't have good audio for the real time because that's the magic. But Patrick, do you want to read about what we tried? Uh, So what we had was the Peanuts and Cracker Jack from the Mitten Brewing Company in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's a brewing company that's inside of an old Victorian-style firehouse. And I believe that I've been there before. Can't confirm if I was. It was years ago. But I do, like, looking at pictures, it looks very familiar to me. So, But uh, it looks like a really cool place. And this beer, it tasted like peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Pretty much. Yeah, so it's a sweet, robust porter made with loads of real peanuts, peanut butter, and a kiss of caramel malt. Tis the season. (laughs) I kept saying tis the season, but it just says this season. The ballpark comes to you. And I was saying, I don't know why instead of this, I see the word season, and I think tis the season. So my brain obviously replaced that from the Tis the season for baseball. I know. Actually replaces that. It says this season, the ballpark comes to you. Because clearly I'm having some sort of like program malfunction when yeah. I read that label. But we both liked the beer uh, actually um, quite a bit. I thought it kind of tasted like a like a caramel uh, frappe, but in yeah, like a beer say, fashion. Yeah, I would definitely say the caramel kind of hits the tip of my tongue first when I mm-hmm. tried it. And then as you drink the rest of it, you kind of get the, um, the peanut butter, peanut comes, butter through. comes through yeah. the taste in the back of the mouth. And if this makes sense, it almost tasted salty like Cracker Jacks, but didn't. Like, there was almost like a... Like a salted caramel almost taste to it. but there wasn't any mention of salt, so maybe that's my brain signaling like, hey, there's salt and caramel, or maybe I was tasting that. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this beer. I thought... You know, we describe all these layers of sweet flavors, and oftentimes I don't actually enjoy those beers as much because I don't like anything that tastes too sugary. Like, I feel like I'm eating if it's too sugary of a beer tasting, too dessert of a beer tasting. I feel like I'm eating and drinking, and I don't enjoy that sensation. This was really tasty. Um... The can art is really classic baseball lettering. It has the American stripes on it. It seems like pretty, like red, white, and blue stripes as an accent. It seems like very well thought out can art. Yeah, it's like an old school kind of theme to it as well. Yeah. It's like how baseball kind of is. And that's, I mean, almost... Was. 
Well, the thing is, too, we got this at Horax in Lansing. Um, and I think this almost jumped out from the shelf for me because of the white can. It seems like can art is really exploding into all these really bright, bright colors, which are really cool and I like them a lot. But um, I think this actually popped out at me because of the baseball colored can, the white can. So that's why I picked it for the podcast. Um, yeah, it's and a little I'm bit really, different. really glad I did because it was really good. Yeah. Uh, so I thought of something that I wanted to ask you real quick. And uh, this kind of has to go with baseball a little bit. Which um, I know little to nothing about. You know little I to very, nothing about, okay, but you uh, do know about coaching. Okay, well, you know what's funny is I very, before I even met you, Patrick, um, my sister-in-law, brother, mom, and dad got tickets for Wrigley Field, like, on the first baseline, and they were really good tickets, and I very infamously in my family read a book the entire time, but I did wear, like, Cubs colors, I wore a sweater, that was red with white stripes and my late grandpa charlie was a cubs fan so like but i did read most of the time Mm -hmm. so this has to go with uh so the white Sox. they were playing the twins earlier this week and the twins were getting their booties kicked so they put in a position player their backup catcher to throw a couple pitches basically at that they're giving up the game so this guy is out there and he throws three balls Mm -hmm. and then he just throws up basically the soft it like slow pitch ball right down the middle and the rookie batter hits it up hits it it's a home run Mm -hmm. and so he's celebrating goes around scores everyone's happy for him Except for the twins, because it's an unwritten rule that if you're if you're kicking the booty of the other team, that you don't swing on 0-3. Mm-hmm. And especially when there's a uh, position player in there, I guess. So uh, they're upset. And so the White Sox manager, Tony LaRusso, so the White Sox manager, this is the manager of the guy that hit the home run, Yeah. basically goes and says, says that, his players trash and that he is going to like reprimand him for hitting that home run and he's gonna learn and he said i will step in front of a fastball before i let one of my players hit that again well, next game the twins talking really loud and our daughter's napping okay so, so the it. next i'm listening the <laughs> next game the twins pitcher hits this guy that hit the home run on purpose, hits him, and Tony LaRusso goes and says, my player got what he deserves. He is now pretty much the most hated person in baseball, and I'm pretty sure that most of the White Sox players can't stand him. And this was kind of the concern, because the White Sox as much as it sucks because they're in the division of the Tigers and the Tigers are nowhere near being good, they're the a, they're a little bit above. Good, I mean, they've got kind of like a super team right now. 
Um, but they've got this manager that's super old school that's okay. literally out there like wanting to punish his own players that's and right. won't stick up for them. Here's the thing. You said it. There's an old school manager. This is classic. Wait, is that recording? Yeah. A quick break from the podcast to talk about MyMichiganBeach.com. MyMichiganBeach shows great things to do in the lovely state of Michigan. MyMichiganBeach.com. Check it out. Now back to the show. Let's make sure that that is coming. There we go. See? Okay, so after that issue um sorry it was a heated dialogue so what i was saying was i feel like this is a classic culture shift in athletics because i have been coached by a lot of really old school type of mentality people i have been really like raked over the coals and like verbally abused and physically punished and whatever and said everything every name in the book right and that's fine in a way when you have a super team if that makes sense I don't think it's right but that tough love crap when you're like aggressively winning usually is when it's most palatable. Not that I agree with it, but there's more. I think culturally we've just changed. And, you know, I see people on social media and they post all these quotes about like, my kid is tough and the world is tough and their coaches can get on their tail if they want to and blah 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 I'm not raising no wimp right but (laughs) so yeah there's some of that like not everything is going to be sunshine and daisies for a kid and I get it you have to um teach them about the real world and not everyone is going to be nice to you but also it's like how do you it's like what's the follow-up conversation so it's like how do you cope with that or how do you you make a decision about what you will accept in life and then move forward you don't shut down um so yeah this really old school mentality of rub some dirt on it I don't think I don't think because you know what like it sucks to be on a really crappy team and you're already like basically there's no mercy rule and some of it is I don't know some of it is like you know if you're gonna in like high school sports if you're gonna mercy a team you just put them to bed I feel like mm-hmm. um, this is a little different because it's like I it's in professional sports and I don't think those rules necessarily should apply especially in a sport like baseball sports in general are fighting for an audience yeah and we're the last generation that cares about live sports and baseball for the most part has been losing an audience and they need to gain a younger audience yeah and this is a rookie a young baseball player like, um, so he's trying to add stats. It's not like Albert Pujols is out there and is like, oh, yep, okay. I'm just going to go ahead and 
crack this over the wall real quick. In that case, no, he probably wouldn't because, I mean, the dude's already had a career. He could have ex expired. Yeah. He could have retired. Expired, I mean, too. he's pretty much expired. But You know what's kind of funny you mentioned that, too, is you never are promised another day, and, like, that guy could get hurt. I mean, I don't want this rookie to get hurt, but he mm -hmm. could get hurt and never hit another ball. I so. I don't know. So maybe it wasn't the best move. Maybe. But, like, also he's a person. Uh, Trevor and... Bauer, the best pitcher out there right now, one, some would say, Cy Young winner, basically came out and said, like, hey, um, if, yeah. if, uh, if, if you're blowing, if I'm on the mound, I'm getting, and you're blowing us out, and I throw a pitch right down the middle, 3-0, please hit a home run. Yeah, well. Like, <laughs> so. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, so I can kind of understand in a way, but the public ridicule, this old school rub some dirt on it crap, like, it's just not acceptable. And, you know, what's hilarious is, like, and a lot of these people that are posting things on social media um, are older and they're just like, I don't know. They they always have these comments about millennials and generation whatever that's younger than us being soft. And I think that's hilarious um, because the game has developed in skills in every single game and in every single industry. Mm -hmm. um, things have developed to where you need more of a technical skill like as far as i understand like the technical th side of sports and the analytic side of sports and the brain you have to play sports just keeps going up and up because everyone is getting more and more talented mm -hmm. and so like your physicality has to be stronger and better more athletic than people be that came before and your brain has to be so much sharper than I think because the game has, I mean, I, yeah. I, so many games. I mean, the, think about basketball, how basketball has evolved throughout the years. So, so many things have changed. And it's like, it, does that indicate soft, an ability to adapt to the ever changing market within the industry of sports and within the industry of, like office work you know what i mean like i think about the things that are common in entry-level hires for like what they would call a secretary job don't mind the cat stepping on something in the background and i think how competitive you have to be in the skill set you have to have like it's pretty common that you have to have some sort of graphic design background for any secretary job, you know, it's pretty yeah. common. They're like, oh, well, you have some web design experience. Like, it might be very minimal, but they'll list it as a qualification for a secretary you're job. You're a web designer yeah. and you're prolific at Excel. Yeah, and... which honestly, like, those sort of skill sets were not... And you still know how to use my Windows... Uh, 95 like you can well, troubleshoot no, 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 no. I'm just I'm just trying to say that like the world with technology and um everything in general is expanding and mm -hmm. people 
in our generation especially need to be really like moldable into all the different skills that require it to stay competitive within anyone's field and I I mean to me I think what other generation has had to deal with that and I could be wrong like I could be being misguided and I could not understand what I'm saying but like so unless it's some sort of false narrative that sports have evolved so much yeah you know what I mean though so like are you ever think about like things kind of skipping a generation and so because they kind of say like back when world war ii was going on in that span technology boomed so much much out of necessity like they're pushing so many things so there's a lot of new technology as in like flying took off at that time out of necessity because they needed more planes to be able to do certain things for war vehicles they had more different types of vehicles because they had different trains that they had to go on they had stuff for people to be a little bit safer in certain things so there was like that boom then so there was so much technology that came out in that time so people that were living in that they had to like learn that so fast and then i think that things kind of like settled down a little bit more and now since the internet there's been this next boom and it's kind of like is this going to be a cycle that continues on do you know what's very interesting about that though my mom who spent her career in it she was like there's just no such thing as like an expert anymore i'm probably paraphrasing what they say you teach people to be smart enough to adapt to the ever-changing environment Mm -hmm. but you don't teach them an expertise on one program because what is the point of that yeah so that translates to the workforce it and, you know, I mean, calling professional athletes the workforce, they are a part of the workforce, you yeah. know what I mean? So we are all trying to ride the wave and get, like, there's so many things that I've learned that I never thought I would. And I'm just like, okay, well, if I want to keep working, I just have to keep learning more stuff. And, I mean, it's just, like, more of a mentality versus like an actual skill set it's like your your mentality is your skill set and your ability to learn is your skill set so that's the kind of generation we come from like we don't expect pensions we don't expect nothing we don't like we don't take anything from retirement we're just like we don't because we saw a lot of people lose their houses growing up and we saw a lot of people lose their jobs in 2008 we've just I mean, it was like, oh, in like fifth and sixth grade, we saw 9-11. And then a couple years later, we saw our friends lose their houses. You know what I mean? So like, I have grown up with the mentality of no one is ever going to provide for you. No one is ever, you got to provide for yourself no matter what. And you got to figure it out. And you have to, you know, update your skill set to perform so i I do say that millennials are skeptic skeptic because hello look at what have we what's the word skeptic um they're They're skeptical skeptical is the word cynical skeptical skeptics skeptics. yes skeptics 
Okay, so, so yeah, I mean, because if you think about the major news stories that we have sustained, and then when we graduated college, there was no market mm-hmm. for um, any jobs really at all, and it's like, and it's okay, like, I'm not trying to complain about that, but it's just kind of interesting that millennials are constantly called soft, and so... Not that this this player is younger than a millennial, and so like going I back, think, to, I actually don't know how old he is. I mean, he could have played in the farm league a couple of years, yeah. right, and still be considered a rookie. So mm-hmm. he could be in his mid twenties. But I mean, it's just very rather interesting that our generation is qualified as soft when it's like I've had my own investments since a teenager. You know, I've never expected anything from anyone, and I just keep rolling, and I can't complain because I know that all I got is myself, well, and you, but, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just, like, you got to figure it out yourself, and I don't really think that that means soft. And, you know, like, I've always had little side hustles that maybe I don't, like, post about or just different pursuits that I'm going for, and I've always had... I mean, even before I was a mom, I pretty much always had two streams of income. You know, I've always had more than one job. Mm -hmm. And to me, I'm just like, does that mean I'm soft? Because, like, I want to process and heal my childhood trauma or I want to talk about emotions or I care about my workplace environment and my own mental health. I don't think that makes me soft. And so, like, when I'm looking for a boss, like, I was, um, this kind of ties back into what you were saying. I'm sorry. I just kind of went off on a tangent. Um, But, so, when I'm looking for a boss, um, I have questions about their leadership and how they treat their workers. Yeah. And, you know, and it's not in a, oh, I'm too good for this type of way, if, if a boss enter asks those questions, answers those questions in that sort of way, I don't. I just know that that place is not for me. That partnership is not for me. I maybe don't need to write for your website type thing. Like I always ask, like, what's your mentality on how workers bring ideas to the table? I mean, I truly believe that. You know, workers who feel appreciated often excel and are more comfortable to bring ideas to the table with confidence and trust. And how do you treat that? Do you think that that's true? How do you encourage new ideas? It is kind of interesting. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people don't realize a job interview is about picking the job. I mean, sometimes you're desperate for a job, but... Like, you gotta like it. So, sorry, honey, what were you saying? It's also, like, they're interviewing you to find out if you're the right fit for them, but you also are interviewing them in a way as well. Pause, please. I think in my last couple of job interviews, um, once, I mean, you kind of know where things are going. Like, hey, I think that this is actually kind of a good, good fit. It's almost like I throw in... Like, I'll throw in maybe something a little bit sarcastic, because that's, like, that's who I am, and I want to be able to work with somebody that, you know, can, you know, understand that in a sense, and I think that that's something important that you actually show a little bit of your true self instead of 
so much being on like your 100 best 100 best behavior at all times you still want to be comfortable enough to be yourself you don't want to go in and be like oh hey this is this is me but i can't keep this up for years and years because this interview this is the best of me obviously i'm gonna put my best foot forward i'm gonna do like my best work that i can but i also have to still be myself well that's a choice you make too it's what your values are um as far as the coach ridiculing this kid or this rookie i'm not i mean i just think it's a classic like generational thing I think in professional sports, there has been more of culturally, at least what I'm hearing, like more player based. And yes, there's a whole machine behind the players, but they're the reason that they're winning. And so why not say, you know, I'll talk to my guy or... It shouldn't even have to be like a public thing. It doesn't have to be a public thing. He didn't have to come out and say anything. He could have gone back and said, or he could have said, you know what, I'm going to talk to him. Yeah, no, if it was brought up in a press conference, would it no doubtably was, Mm -hmm. I'm just saying he could have said, I'll talk to him, but he didn't have to go off on that tirade. And I don't know. I mean, there is a certain generation that really appreciates that sort of talk, um, and I'm sure there's people who feel, like, victimized and, like, oh, if I went through it, then this young guy can do it, too. And it's like, well, I mean, do we have to repeat the cycles? Mm-hmm. Do we have to do the same sort of processes in coaching and in leadership? Or can we modify, see what good came from it, yeah. you know? And it's very interesting how... You know, I don't know. It's like, but then people feel victimized because they're like, well, that's how I learned. And it's like, did it have to be how you learned? Yeah, was it good for I you? Went, I went through it so they can go through it. Well, yeah. yeah, certainly somebody can go through it. It doesn't mean that it's right. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's functional and thriving and successful and think, whole. Think about the things that have been held back because the saying, this is how we've always done it. Oh. And you know what? I think that we can leave it there. Everything in this house is waking up right now. Yeah. After a all nap. All the animals. All the animals. So. All the, the Before kid. the Mitten Brewing Company Peanuts and Cracker Jack, it's 100% approved on my end. It was a really great beer. I'm glad I picked it up. And it sparked a conversation about baseball. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It was, uh, okay, okay. It was a good beer. Yeah. I, it's not my favorite, but definitely I a really good beer. liked it. I, would, I I know that like I don't usually really like yeah that's yeah. that's a beer I probably buy again. Mm-hmm. So this is the part of the podcast where we say I'm grateful for one another because gratitude is so easily missed in a busy week, and it's important to voice gratitude rather than just think it. And nice to hear things out loud. So, Patrick, I would want to say that I'm grateful for you because we really wanted to get our dogs um, dog park passes. And there was a lot of, Patrick had the day off of work yesterday, there was a lot of hoops 
we had to jump through to yeah, make that happen. The entire morning. Patrick gets very, I mean, to your credit, you do get very flustered trying to do any sort of paperworky thing. I think mm-hmm. it stresses you out, but you just kind of bear. I said we can make it happen today. We don't have to wait till tomorrow, and we made it happen. So yeah, yeah you were great. flustered. But the end product is that our dogs and everybody really liked the dog park and we have our licenses and we're all dog passed up. So thank you for hanging in there. Mm-hmm. And even though you were uncomfortable yesterday. Cause... The, we're all dog dog passed up and the dogs were all passed out last night after a lot of running around. Yeah. So um, I'm grateful for you and how much of an even head that you can keep even when there's technical difficulties when recording a podcast and um, we can still have a good time recording it the following day after we tried to record it yeah. early for once and that didn't go yeah, well. Yeah, we tried to so. be proactive, but... Uh, it we didn't like, work. Just like proactive skincare, it didn't work for me. And on that note, I love you. <laughs> goodbye. That took me a minute to get that. Well, I love you. Goodbye. I love you. Goodbye. everybody we post new episodes of our podcast scouts with my spouse every saturday morning available on apple Podcasts, Castbox, and spotify follow styles with my spouse on instagram and like our facebook page cheers thanks for listening until next week